Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. You ready to pray? Yes. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have uh, this evening to study together. We pray your blessings upon this study. We pray your blessings upon us and, and, and our listeners, uh, folks that will be watching. Father, we pray for them as well. You know the situations in each one of their lives, and we pray, Father, that your hand would be on them in a very special way. Bless us today as we study and bless us as we navigate through the text. Help us to find the things that we need to know and then have the courage to apply them to our lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Exodus 34. We're going to start in uh, verse 18. You know how long we've been in 34? Well, there's a we lot have gotten on. a little Gabby. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. I, we're well, almost done. We'll be done with it today. But maybe we got a little, little Gabby, you think? <laughs> no, okay. All right. No, no, no. This is, this. I mean, it, it connects so much, right? Yes, so, I mean, this is, this is 32 is like the fall from mm -hmm. the garden all over again, mm -hmm. right? And 34 is God is like Exodus 3.15, or mm -hmm. excuse me, rather, John Genesis 3.15. No, John, Genesis 3.15. Mm -hmm. Exodus 34 is like the Genesis 3.15, but expanded, right? Genesis yeah. 3.15, God says to the serpent, I'm going to bring the seed a woman, and he's going to squish you on the head, and you're going to bite him on the heel. Mm -hmm. Well, in Exodus chapter 34, so that was God's promise of redemption. Exodus 34, in a, in a very similar way, is another promise of redemption. Mm -hmm. It's... God again maintaining that relationship. An intercessor yeah. coming. Yeah. It's pretty it's a it's yeah. a pretty awesome passage. So no, I don't think we got a little Gabby, but I think you think that I'm getting Gabby now. So <laughs> we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to just move forward with it, you know? Uh but we're in 18, and so and look, and this is weird, right? So and we've we've mentioned this before. All of a sudden, right, we went got we went from God and Moses kind of like duking it out about whether or not he's gonna redeem, whether or not he's going to forgive the sin of the uh, Israelites, went from that. Now we're lapsing into this law. And the first part, which we covered last week, makes sense. The first part is don't mingle with those people. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be separate from those people, right? But what's this in 18? We're getting all this weird, weird stuff, right? Why Celebrate it, the festival. Weird stuff? It was weird. Like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Like, why, why, like, this is a major moment in Israelite history where there, where God is, is basically looking at their sin and saying, through Moses, I'm going to redeem I'm going to redeem. I'm not going to destroy. I could. I'm not going to. I'm going to let it go. I understand the first part because the first part makes practical sense, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to go into a land. There are going to be all these people around you that are wicked and doing evil things, and you don't need to do that, so don't do that. But then he tells them to do this. Now, on the grand scheme of things, I get it, right? 
you don't want to tell a kid, don't just do these things. You want to give them something to do. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Is that all God's no. doing here? No. Do this to keep them occupied? Why do these things you matter? You do know better than this. I know I'm, you. I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, God said, God, God put in a place in chapter 34, I'm going to save you from your sin. Right. That's what he's telling them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use an intercessor. Okay. I'm going to be here and I'm going to intercede for you. He's going to do it through Moses here. That's how he's doing it. He's connecting us to what he's going to do with Jesus. That's the Genesis 3.15 comment you made. And then and he tells them, he said, but I've got, I've got some stipulations for you. Okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to do this. Stipulation, first part of it is, is when you go to this land, these are evil, evil people. We talked about this yeah. last week. These are evil people. Don't, interme don't intermingle with them. Don't take daughters, don't take sons, don't take these people to be wives, all that stuff. Stay away from them. I've given them plenty of opportunity, and they have chosen not to be followers of me. Some of them did, okay? We know of some. Rahab is going to come up as soon as they get there. Rahab's going to be one. He's going to tell them, he said, and of course, they're not going in yet. Yes. That's they're not going in yet, but, but when they do go in. And then he said, oh, by the way, to keep yourself pure, to keep yourself connected to me, this is what I want you to do. And I will explain to you why. That's what he's going to talk about in 18. This is what you what you need to do. Just like Jesus tells us, okay? It says, everyone looks at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, okay? Right. Gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, have everlasting life. And that's great. That's a true text. Absolutely, we have to believe in Jesus, okay? But people have taken that text. And I studied with people in the jail for 17 years. I know what they do with that text. I've studied with a lot of people. They say, see, all I got to do is believe in Jesus and everything's good. You and I know that's not true. Yeah, so that's but if you go to that text, if you keep it within the text and you go down to verse 34, 35, somewhere in that area, it says, if you do not obey him, then you have rejected him. That's right. So there has to be obedience. Here, there has to be obedience. God says, I'm going to save you, but you've got to be obedient to me. You can't just say, oh, I accept Jesus as my Savior and everything's okay. Everything's good. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. What is that going to mean? My whole life's going to change. I have to give my life to him. I have to follow him and give my life to him. And that's going to mean I'm going to obey him. He said, deny myself, pick up my cross, follow him. I can't be saved without following him. I can't be saved without doing these, these things that he's caused me to do. Yeah, you're not saved because... You look at Jesus and you look at the cross and you say, well, that's Jesus and that's a cross. Mm -hmm. You've actually got to go grab the thing and pick it up and carry it. Yeah. You've actually got to, got to do something. Here he tells him, he says, look, he said, I've done some things for you already. I want you to don't not forget them. Yeah. Don't forget them. And so I'm going to put these in a place so you don't forget. And because the remembering, he doesn't want me to forget my past. Because the remembering of it makes it, makes it all the more special and all the more, all the more wonderful of what I've been given. How special and how how awesome it is that I've been now, given it's salvation. it's not that our following, I don't want to clarify this, right? It's not that our obedience or our following earns us no, the salvation. No, we no. don't, that's not what I we're hope saying. that's not what I can't, how I came across. I do, well, it. I, I follow him and obey him because of what he's done for I, me. I would say that there's, there's an expected response, right? And so we, we think it's this concept of grace, right? God is gracious. This is Exodus 34, 6 and 7, right? The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Okay. So what is gracious? Well, gracious means that he wants to give us. He wants to give to us. Mm -hmm. And in our culture, right, it's a free gift, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's the way we think of God's salvation, that, his grace. That's the simple, that's the simple definition of what grace is. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. Well, that, that's right. And, and the point that I'm making here, though, is in their culture, 
I can give you something for free. I can give you that gift that you don't deserve, that you didn't earn and all those things. And there are strings attached to it. Mm -hmm. That's the way that those gifts, gift giving in other culture works. It's not cultures work. It's not just here's this free gift and there are no strings. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing, there's nothing there. In other cultures, when, uh, for example, when you're giving a gift to the chief of a tribe, right? There are strings attached and in their culture, they would understand that. Or when the chief of the tribe gives you a gift, there are strings attached to that gift. There are expectations now because you've taken that gift. God's salvation is the same way. It is a free gift. It's something that we can't earn. There's nothing we can do to take hold of it. We, he's got to offer it and give it to us. Mm -hmm. But when he gives it to us and we accept it, there's now obligation there. And yeah. this is the obedience that you're talking yeah. about. It's not that the obedience makes us worthy. I've, it's, I've, I've heard people talk about Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. It, everyone is in Christ, a new creation. That's okay. exactly right. The new creation. Right. God makes us a new creation. That means we have to live as a new creation. Yes. That's the obedience part. I have to live as a new creation. That's right. I can't just say, oh, I'm a new creation and keep doing what I'm doing. A new creation cannot keep doing what it was doing. That's it right. can't. And here he says, you guys can't keep doing what you did in Egypt. Because remember, they're not that far out from Egypt. They're only they're only what 40, 50, I mean uh, Yeah, they're they're only a couple days. Uh, no, no, they're two and a half years. Because they've already haven't have they already let me think. Hold on. No, they have not they have not it's come to the promised land yet. It's only been a it's been only a couple of months. They haven't come to the promised land the first time and then and then God said, gone. That's right. They haven't gone yet. He's still giving them the law. That's remember right. the, the, the golden calf and he broke he, he's writing right there in chapter thirty four, he's writing the new stone tablets. That's right. He's giving him the law again. So real quick, brief overview, right? God leads his people out of Egypt. He leads them across the Red Sea, kills all the Egyptians, lays the ultimate smackdown on all the gods of Egypt, leads them to Sinai. They are at Sinai. There are some things that happen along the way. At Sinai, Moses goes up on the mountain, speaks to God for about 40 days. The people down below make another mm -hmm. idol mm -hmm. that breaks the covenant. Yep. Moses comes back yep. down, sees it, heads back up on the mountain to die. Yeah. He heads up on the mountain to offer himself yeah. on behalf of the people. As the intercessor. As the intercessor, mm -hmm. correct. As an intercessor who is guiltless. Or yeah. who, who is guiltless. He is not he had no part of any of that. Right? So he offers himself. That's where we're at in Exodus 34. This whole episode from God leading the people out of Egypt to now has been about two months. Yeah. Now, by the time they leave Sinai in Numbers chapter 11, by the time they leave Mount Sinai, it'll be like a year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. um, and then they will head to the promised land. Mm -hmm. So, but at this point in time, yeah, it's only been about two months. Mm -hmm. You know, that they, uh, uh, here he's good. Here he gives them, you know, here's some festivals and some feast days, you know, and they seem, it seems uh, over the top. It seems arbitrary yeah, to be, well, to be frank. Well, why don't we read it? Yeah. So in verse 18, so don't do what those other people do because they're going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. That's all the way to 17 and 18. Celebrate, but celebrate the festival of the unleavened bread. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv. For in that month, you came out of Egypt. The first offspring of every womb belongs to me, including all the firstborn males of your livestock, whether from herd or flock. Redeem the firstborn donkey with a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem all your firstborn sons. What? What is what is this? This is this is weird. This is weird stuff for our day and time. Can you explain it? What is he doing? For our, for our day and time, it's weird. All right. But what, and it keeps going. But what like, is the what like is that. the feast of unleavened bread? Well, it's the the Passover, the one that they where God went 
he told Moses, you know, hey, put the blood on the doorposts and my angel, the destroyer, is going to pass over, right? I said my angel, but it's the destroyer. He's going to pass over um, the land of Egypt. And when he sees the blood, he won't kill the firstborn, uh, first, the children that are inside and the firstborn. This, this feet, this fat. What is, what is, what is the, the time frame of, uh, what is it about the time frame from Christmas to New Year's? What, what is it that, what do we, what, why do we have special days like that to do what? Is it just to give gifts on Christmas? Is it just to remember, or is it not to? It's supposed to be to remember the birth of Christ. That's <laughs> it's what it's supposed, supposed to be. be. And then the be. birth of the new year, right. right? And we celebrate for for a week. many people. Some people in some businesses get off for a whole week. I, I know people that got off for a whole week. We, when I was working in San Antonio, you know, at one place we closed for a whole week, closed from Christmas to New Year's, you know, uh, and they celebrate for the whole. Well, this is this feast day. This festival is goes for a week. It's a it's. Passover with unleavened bread, and then it goes into the Feast of Pentecost, which is 50 days. It's the feast called the Feast of Weeks, and they celebrate. It's a reminder. It's to remind them of what happened. And so this redemption of the firstborn, what's the, fir what's the firstborn deal? It, the, it, every, everyone, it, God promised Egypt, if you don't let my people go, I'm going to kill the firstborn of every family. Well, and who? Not just families, but every flock. Every firstborn is going to die. Well, and who was, and this is this spiritually, this is an interesting dynamic going on as well, because Israel is God's firstborn. That's exactly right. And Pharaoh considered himself, and within the Egyptian pantheon, Pharaoh was the firstborn of their of the, gods. Of their god. Yeah, he was the he was the he was the prime, premier god. He was he was the one they worshipped. And yeah. when when God took his firstborn son, he was an imager. He was an image bearer. Yeah. In their pantheon. I mean, yeah. in, in our... In well, he had attacked all the other gods. Yeah. The last one. The last one was Pharaoh himself. Hmm. That was the last god. And so the most dramatic one is going to be to crush, to, to lay a smack down on Pharaoh himself. In his own, his own household. In and his not own only house. all the other household of all the and he said, And he says here, don't ever forget. What are you guys doing on, on Sunday right after service? You know, y'all go over there, you have a meal and you take the, all the youth group or a bunch of the youth group, take them over there and you, and you do, uh, you do uh, memory work and everything. For what reason? To, to, for the children to remember. Well, to teach the children. So they, they, they understand, not that they remember, but for our remembrance really, but to teach the children what we are remembering, which is that God is good. And God Deuteronomy chapter six was one of them y'all did, right? Uh, the Shema. We do. Yeah. Well, we do That's Jesus's version of the Shema. Yeah. Jesus' version. Yes, yeah, it's, it's called the, the, the Jesus Creed. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, is what it's called. But, you know, the Shema was what they wrote on their foreheads and they wrote, you know, they had... On their fence posts. Yeah, and... they wrote on their doorpost. And they so they see it all the, all the time. They see it, you know, as they walk in, walk out. It was, you know, for, you know, that, that... And it was to remind them. That's what these feast days are for. To remind them, remember what I did two months ago? And I want you to do it on the first day, on the 14th day of, of this month every year. That's a pretty important thing. You know, I remember when, when I was in uh, Korea in the army, you know, we still celebrated, you know, Christmas and stuff. And that was, that was a real important event because it was, you know, it the, gave the, you connections, gave back you to the connections back to the United States. I mean, the Koreans do their own kind of their own thing, their own, it's a little different, right? It's mm -hmm. not the same. Um, but for soldiers in the army who are on all these little camps, these little bastions of Americana, if you will, um, it, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for soldiers to get together and, and celebrate and enjoy. And it, it was it was refreshing. And what, did it rem what did it remind you? Being back home. Family. Family, yeah. Wives, mothers, mm -hmm. fathers, ch children, whatever. That, I everybody mean, to a certain extent, who we are. Everybody was different. Right. You know, what is he doing this here for? 
to remind them, to remind them that God is powerful. God is real. He's already been telling them this whole chapter. said, stay away from these people because they're going to lead you away from me. And I'm going to give you something that's going to lead you back to me. That's right. Here's a feast of unleavened bread. Remember what happened? And then he, and then he goes on and he says, he says, uh, six days shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. Celebrate the festival of weeks. And and what was the festival of weeks? It was the, it was the, the feast the the feast of Pentecost, the mm -hmm. feast of seven weeks. Okay, it was to celebrate harvest. And fifty and days after 50, 50, Passover. That's right, fifty days. And he said, "But I want to. I want to go back to verse twenty-one. Sure. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season, and harvest you must rest. You know how difficult that is for a farmer. You no. have any idea how difficult that is for a farmer? Nope. Not I'm not so. talking about farmers we have today. I'm not talking about farmers that have been indoctrinated with, with the the ability to with big machinery and everything to to take the day off and and. You know, they go to church and they spend it with their family. I'm not talking about today's. I'm talking about old school 1950s farmer. Okay. You know how difficult it was for him to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, it was a real chore for him to go to church because there was always something to do on the farm. Always. And, and everything about the farm was about your survival and your family's survival. Everything. If your cows don't eat. If I remember going with my grandfather, you know, and going in a, his old Dodge pickup, old junky Dodge pickup. And we had, we spent, uh, we spent one day sharpening sickles. Okay. You know what a sickle is? Like a, like a yeah, sickle. Yeah. Okay. We sharpen these sickles and we go out and we find some place because back then they didn't have, they didn't have the, uh, tractors with shredders that shredded on the side of the road. They didn't do that. Some guys would go out and bail the side of the road. You know, side of old farm market where there'd be Johnson grass, you know, six, seven foot tall. And we'd go out there with sickles and we'd cut that Johnson grass off and we'd pack it in the pile in the truck. And if it if that was happened, the only day we had was Sunday. Guess what we did? We went on Sunday and we and we we went and uh, and Grandpa was good enough. He would he would wait until we got back from church because Grandma was going to take us to church. And then we'd go and then we would go and we, it was a rest. And I'm, when I read that this morning, I thought, wow, man. I know how difficult it was for my grandfather. My grandfather wouldn't go to the beach on a vacation. It took us years to get him to, to go because his animals had to be fed. His animals had to be watered. His animals had to be taken care of because everything was about survival. Everything. Yeah. You know, you go to the store and, and, and everything that you buy comes from a, from a farm that maybe farms seven, eight, 10, 15,000 acres. You know, they got big combines that take 12, 15, 16 rows of corn at one time. You know, they, they've got special combines for soybeans and peas and beans. And, you know, they got big, big, con man, we did it by hand. We did it by hand. We picked corn. We picked an acre of corn by hand, you know, in the hot sun, man, in the middle. Of, I just watched two farm, two farms down either side of the Quirrell Highway. And they come, they, they picked that corn in less than a day, both sides of the road, probably, probably 2000 acres, less than, less than a day. Wow. You know, we couldn't have got it done in a whole season. Right. No way. And I'm looking at this verse. And I'm saying these people had to be committed to God because they had to they had to set aside that time frame to rest and they couldn't do anything. And these were farmers. These were shepherds. These people had to take their flocks out. You couldn't do that. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, he's going to tell them, can't even start a fire in your house. Look at what he said. Celebrate the feast of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of the end gathering at the turn of the year. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out nations before you and enlarge your territory and no one will covet your land uh, when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord. Well, that's And that's totally so that's that's totally bonkers then, because think, think about it. 
from their perspective, mm-hmm. right? With, with what you're talking about, just taking a day, just taking a day mm-hmm. when you're farming or ranching for survival, right? Mm-hmm. Doing it back in the, these times, mm-hmm. okay? Just taking a day is is difficult. Now he's saying, right? Not only do you need to take these days, but you take these days and I will still give you the land and I'm still going to bless you and I'm still going to do those and things. And he said, I'm going to make it where nobody covets your land. Look, you know what he said? He said, uh, uh, let's see where, I will drive out next for you in larger territory and no one will covet your land when you go up three times a year to appear. Nobody's going to be standing off the side like, like you know, we lock our houses and lock our cars because somebody's standing by the bushes waiting for us to leave so they can come in and steal our stuff. Right, well, and that's exactly, so he's talking about, and let's be real clear, right? He's talking about traveling from wherever you live. Now, the nation of Israel, is a, it's a long stretch big, of land along big. the coast. And especially when David and Solomon rule it, it's going to be huge. It's going to extend from Egypt all the way up to Syria. So, and then uh, all the way from the Mediterranean to the Jordan, right? So what he's talking about here is you could have people way up here in Syria have to come down and travel all the way to, to wherever mm-hmm. the tabernacle is, mm-hmm. or people all the way down in the wadis of Egypt come all the way up to travel I mean, you're ta- now you're not talking about, that's that's a trip of weeks. Now you're not talking about being gone a day. You're talking about being gone a long time. Yeah. And yet, no this one, is the expectation no, of God, and no you, one's going to steal it. When you get home, your stuff's still, still going to be there. That's the guarantee. Yeah, that's the guarantee. That's the guarantee. God said, if you follow me, he said, I'm going to make your life. He said, I'm going I'm to bless you. We, you know, if, when we get to the book of Deuteronomy, it's going to talk about blessing and curses, life and death. Right. He said, I want you to choose life. And he said, I'm going to make it easy for you, because I'm going to give it to you. I want you to choose the blessings because the blessing, I want you to choose blessings. You know, if you, if you're obedient, I will bless you. He tells them in the book of Malachi, the very last book of the old Testament. He said, you, you tested me. He said, you should have tested me. You know, you, you stole from me. Yeah. He said, how we do that? He said, I told you to try me and I will open the floodgates of heaven. And that's what God promises to us as his people. He I, said, I will bless you. I have heard that from very successful members of the church time and time again where they say i just uh i just decided that i'm going to try to outgive god mm-hmm. and they never can no it no. and it, it's really it's really weird you know i've had the privilege of sitting down and talking to some of these guys before and it's a very it's it's just a bizarre thing but it's where your mind is at i mean christ said very clearly right if you pursue my righteousness the things you need will be added unto you you know do we believe it yeah you know we talk about what belief is well god God's been saying from the very beginning, from the jump, from Genesis when he created Adam, just do what I tell you. I'm going to give you this great, big, beautiful garden. Just don't eat the fruit out of that tree. Don't even touch it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to remember. Yeah. You got to remember much, so that's what you got to remember. And 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 I'm going to take care of you. Well, here he said, I'm going to take care of you. Yep. I'm going to take care of you. Do what I tell you to do. I have a reason. Just because he gives us something new don't mean we're going to always understand the reason. But here he tells us, he says, do not sacrifice. And then he says, uh, 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 let's see, do not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me along the way, along with anything containing yeast. And do not let any of your sacrifice from the Passover festival remain until morning. That's what he told them that two months ago. That's what he told them. He said, eat it all. If you don't eat it all, get it rid of it. Get it out of the house. Don't use yeast. Yeah. And and I'm saying, this is th- this is for them to remember you know, what do people have at Christmas time? You know, you see houses with lights on them. You see houses with the, the shades open and a Christmas tree inside. It's a reminder. Okay. You know, here he said, during the feast of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. He's giving them specific things to do. 
He said, I want you to do these things. Do it the way I tell you. I'll bless you. I promise. And he said, then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words for, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. He said, by these words, by this sacrifice, by this exodus, I have made a covenant with you. I've already made that covenant with who? With Abraham. I've already made it. I did not forget. I'm going to give you the same land I gave to Abraham. I'm going to get you there. But there's some things you're going to have to do. God well, tells us the same thing. Yeah. Does, he, does he not tell us the same thing? Yep. Does he not tell Jesus says, you are my friends if what? If you do Ooh, what I, I tell you do. to do. That's right. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yep. You know, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I hear people all, you know, people well, and talk what are about. His, what are his commandments? What are they? I mean, it's so simple. I tell people, we, we, you know, I talk to people and study with people all the time. And one of the first things I do is after after we study about what the gospel is and how to obey it, we jump into First John mm -hmm. because First John teaches us how to stay in connection with Christ. Right? Tries to love each other. It's so simple. The commandments that he expects us to do is love one another. Not like the world loves things. Mm -hmm. We're not called to do that, no. right? No. We're called to truly love one another. And yeah. who's the perfect picture of love? Jesus. Christ. And how did he love us? He gave himself up for us. Church, it's real simple. We, we come up with all sorts of bizarre ways that we're going to serve God, that we're going to demonstrate our holiness, that we're going to obtain righteousness. Mm -hmm. And then we refuse to do the things that he's actually called us to do. Mm -hmm. It's very, very simple. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and he said, you tie this, you tie this, you tie this, but you neglected the weightier matters of the law. We are called to love and serve one another. I, it's I, that I see, simple. I hear people all the time, you know, well, I, I really need to go to church. I really need to do that. I really need to do that. You know, you have to make a decision at some point that God is more important in my life than everything else. Sure. Yeah. You know, you own 50, 60, 70 acres and it ain't raining in a long time. You got a half inch of rain in the last last two months and you're and you're worried. God's under God's got this. God's got this. You know? Uh you know, you got a job, you can't be there on Sundays and, and you know, God's got this. I've I've known people that said, you know what, I'm done and quit. They quit and went and found another job. Because because it was taking them away from that's what God said. He says, if your right eye, if your right hand offends you, what does he say? Cut it off. Yeah. He's not talking about literally cutting your hand off. He's talking about get rid of those things in your life that are in the way of us being everything that we need to be. That's what he's telling them here. He's I'm going to give you some things to remind you. Oh, by the way, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to drive those guys out. I'm going to make it where where when you have to go do these things, I'm going to take care of you. Well, when God says to give, he likes a cheerful giver. He says, give and see what happens. See what happens. Be obedient. See what happens. You know, I, I just told George the other day, I said, you know, you had a stroke and it seems like we're better off now than we were before. I said, you've got a job that, that, that your family can help you with. So you're not gonna lose your job. You know, social security popped, right? You know, I mean, and I talked to the lady, we had an appointment, you know, and, and I, the, the phone rang. It was a lady from Social Security. And, and I told the lady, I said, look, she had a stroke a month ago, right after y'all talked to her the last time she had a stroke. And she really can't communicate with you. So you're going to have to communicate with me. And they said, okay, no problem. She said, what's your name? Talk, took all her information and said, I'll talk to you from now. Okay, fine. You know, and boom. And she said, oh, by the way, your first check will be here. And it was like next week in the week. I said, you don't think this is God. I know people that try to get this done and they try for weeks and months to get it done and can't get it done. And I was like, pow, got it done. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. 
You know how God works in our lives and, and all of a sudden God's blessing us. This is exactly what he said here. And he tells Moses, you go tell him. Look at what he said. Write down in these words for in accordance with these words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. You know, we've talked about a covenant already a bunch of times. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Do you hear the words of Christ? Uh, you shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Yeah. I mean, here's Moses hadn't eaten. What does Jesus do? He goes up on the, on the mountain and he goes in the wilderness. And for 40 days, he, he, he just talks to God. And he just talks to his father. Satan comes along and he's too strong for him. You know, Satan can't can't match his his strength, even though he's hungry. It's not about the physical stuff. It's not about that. It's about it's about you know being obedient to God. And you know, I, I I just want I just want you to know, guys. I mean, I believe that Jesus saves us. I believe in grace. I believe that grace is a free gift. I believe all that. I believe that 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 God loves us so much that He's going to give us. I don't I don't I don't believe that I can earn my salvation. I don't believe that at all. Never have believed believed that. I know we've, we've, we've been accused of that before. I don't believe we can earn our salvation. But I believe once I have been given that salvation, that free gift, it ought to, it ought to come. It comes with a steep price that, that, the, that the New Testament is very specific about. And that price is you just lost your life. And if you want to save your life, you have to give your life up. Yeah, and so you give your it. life up. Yeah. You can't go, you know, do whatever you want to do anymore. Yeah. It's not, that's not the way it works. Yeah. You know, and so you have a responsibility to start working and doing and and whatever it, that God calls you to do, you do. Not to earn it. No, not to earn it, but because of it. Yeah. You know, I'm I am I'm saved by grace through faith. I believe in God. That's right. I believe that He can save me. I believe He did save me, and I believe if I die tomorrow, I'm going home. Yeah, Ephesians chapter two, I believe it's verse ten, says, "And we are you were created a new work in in Christ Jesus. You were mm -hmm. created by God, new work in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He created, which He which He did, got ready for us in advance for us to do." Total paraphrase here, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean it is. I mean it's, but it, it it's it's in that text, and then verse eleven says, "And we ought to be imitators of Christ, who gave Himself up." That's right. It's talking about obedience. He was obedient to the Father. He gave himself up. He emptied himself and gone. And then he then he had a relationship with people uh, uh, like he had not had before. And he had had a relationship with God like he had not had before. And you aren't loving his people and serving his people by not showing up on Sundays. Mm -mm. You're not loving You're, his people and show, and loving God part, by not giving of your means. By part, part of showing up on Sundays, part of coming and assembling with us is to encourage one another. And you're not encouraging anyone by staying at home. No. You're not encouraging anyone by running off to the lake. You're not encouraging anyone by going off and doing all these other things. In fact, it's actually quite a discouragement. Yeah. Because we know. It may be an encouragement to those people who live in the in the far country. Sure it is. Like the Hivites and the Jebusites and all that. He said, don't, don't intermarry with them. Don't have anything to do with them. Well, that's a real encouragement to them when you show up at the lake. The, or world, you is, the world is greatly comforted and encouraged by Christians that act just like the world. Yeah, because it makes them feel comfortable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Makes them feel comfortable. Well, you know, well, we didn't get through with 34. We got close, though. We only got to the radiance of faith. Well, we, can't, we, we can't get into that yet because that's, a, that's, a, that's another study on its own. Isn't well, it? Yes. You think? All right. Well, being here one more, maybe one more day. 
Well, we'll get. Hey, we'll get it. We'll get it the next time. Okay? It's gonna. It's gonna go pretty quick because he's yeah. gonna jump into a lot of the law. And we're not gonna. We're not gonna deal with all like that, that stuff. So. We're, we're gonna skip over some of that stuff. You know, I mean, you know, there's a lot here, and we're gonna stick. And Leviticus will skip a lot of that stuff too, probably. We'll, you know, we'll jump some chapters, a few of them, not all of them, but we'll jump a few of them. I've got a whole lot of notes because I did this study of, uh, in class, and I've got a whole lot of notes in my other Bible. So, uh, you know, things that we covered. So we'll, we'll be covering some of it, but you know, it's a, I think what we need to understand here is that God calls us to a life that only he can give us. Mm. Mm. And he calls us to that life. And the only thing that we can give is our allegiance to him. Mm -hmm. That's all he asks for. He said, I'm going to give you a life that you can't get on your own. I'm going to give it to you. I'm the only one that can give it to you. And I demand your allegiance to me. That's right. That's all he, that's all it is. So guys, he, uh, if you've not given your allegiance to him, here's a great time for you to do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of, of salvation, for the gift of grace, Father, and for the gospel that, that teaches us about Jesus' life, death, and his, uh, and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. All of that is the good news, Father, because it, it proves to us that you love us, and it proves to us, Father, that, that salvation is, is at hand. Father, thank you. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to devote ourselves and be, be uh, followers of yours. We know that we can't be disciples if we're not willing to do that. Help us to do that, Father, and thank you for the opportunity. Bless us. It's in Jesus' name. We